You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the RAND Corporation. I'm Deanna Lee. And I'm Evan Banks. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from RAND's latest research and commentary. It's October 21st. Over the last few weeks, Russian President Vladimir Putin has mobilized 300,000 new troops, illegally annexed four Ukrainian regions, increasingly targeted civilians, and appointed a new commander to lead the war effort. None of these moves are likely to improve Russia's prospects on the battlefield, says Rance Deramasico, who wrote about Putin's latest gambits in the New York Times this week. She described four factors that continue to turn the tide against Moscow. One, the demands of a high-intensity war on an army that's unprepared to wage it. Two, early and severe losses to Russian ground, airborne, and special forces. Three, Ukrainians' resilience and will to fight. And four, Western support for Ukraine. Amid these difficulties, Putin is pursuing two immediate goals. First, he seeks to sustain control of as much of the Russian-occupied Ukrainian regions as he can. And second, he wants to freeze the front line and establish a frontier that Ukrainian forces cannot broach, possibly sealed by a ceasefire. It's far from clear that Russia will be able to achieve either of these goals, Masako says. And if it fails, then Putin could lash out more broadly against Ukraine, potentially by doubling down on strikes against critical civilian infrastructure, or by directly targeting Ukrainian leadership with strikes or special operations. The Kremlin could also spread its war beyond the borders of Ukraine, seeking to directly disrupt or deter foreign military assistance to Kyiv. For example, Russia could attack NATO satellites, or it could go after Western supporters by launching cyber attacks against Europe or the U.S. And on a troubling related note, Russian leaders and state-controlled media have already been trying to reframe the war as an existential conflict between Russia and the West. Looking forward, Masako expects Russia's difficulties in Ukraine to only worsen. Quote, Putin's behavior, intended to show resolve, reveals his awareness that the war is going poorly and his options are shrinking. The months ahead are likely to be volatile, especially if or when Russia's gambits fail. As Russia's struggles in Ukraine continue, Putin's rhetoric has become more and more apocalyptic, and there is growing concern that he may follow through on his nuclear threats. According to RAND experts, the U.S. and its allies should, of course, be prepared for Putin to use nuclear weapons. But fear should not drive the West's response. If Putin is still a rational actor, then there are plenty of reasons why he would want to avoid nuclear use. For starters, using nuclear weapons makes little operational sense. Russia's so-called tactical nukes are blunt weapons with unpredictable effects. Depending on where a tactical strike occurs, the fallout from the blast could kill plenty of Russians as well. Second, it's not clear that nuclear use against a civilian target, Kyiv or another Ukrainian city, would break Ukraine's will to fight. Third, if Russia were to use nukes, it would immediately incur a significant strategic backlash. 
the U.S. and its allies have already promised, quote, catastrophic consequences if Russia crosses this line. And finally, there would be long-term consequences to Russia's nuclear actions. If Moscow carried through on its threat, it would forever change the international security environment. So again, by any rational calculus, Russian nuclear use does not make strategic sense. But what if Russia, and Putin in particular, is not entirely rational? Well, if this is the case, our experts say, then the conclusions for the West are similar. Why? Because Ukraine and its Western supporters may have no other choice than to fight on. Backing off support for Ukraine would do little to change the trajectory of the war, and attempting to cut a deal with Moscow is unlikely to placate the emotions that may be driving Putin's nuclear threats. Instead, seeking a deal might only give Putin and his inner circle more time to nurse their grievances, arm up, and try again. For these reasons, our experts say it's important that the U.S., Europe, and Ukraine not let their nuclear apprehensions overshadow all the other interests at stake in the conflict. Quote, the only thing more terrifying than Russian nuclear use may be letting such fears drive and derail Western and Ukrainian strategy. As the Chinese Communist Party's National Congress wraps up this week, President Xi Jinping is expected to accept an unusual third term as General Secretary of the party, the highest position in China's political system. Xi came to dominate Chinese politics by centralizing power. But according to Rand's Howard Wang, some cracks are starting to show. Support for Xi among the party elite may have peaked, and as a result, he may face increasing challenges in shaping China's policy. What might this mean for the rest of the world? If Xi is weaker within China, it may not be a good thing for the U.S. or other countries. Wang notes that political strongmen like Xi are more prone to provocative behavior when they feel insecure at home. In fact, Communist Party leaders have a history of dealing with low domestic support by doling out harsher rhetoric and more aggressive foreign policies. And even if there's opposition hardening around Xi, a disgruntled minority within China is unlikely to restrain him on important decisions affecting the U.S., such as a reprisal in the U.S.-China trade war or a potential military conflict over Taiwan. So while Xi's continued reign may appear to be a signal of strength, his power may in fact be overstated. Nonetheless, that might not amount to an improvement for U.S.-China relations. A new RAND study shows that machine learning models can detect signs of deception during national security background check interviews. Here's how the experiment conducted by our researchers worked. 103 participants read a story about Edward Snowden leaking classified information in 2013. Participants were randomly assigned to read the same story, but the story was presented as either a news report or as a memo with markings indicating it contained sensitive information. Participants were then assigned to one of two groups for interviews. One group was told to lie about what they had read, and the other was told to tell the truth. Former law enforcement officers interviewed participants via video conference and text-based chat. 
Our researchers used the interview and chat transcripts to train several machine learning models to see whether the models could distinguish the liars from the truth tellers. Here are the major findings. First, it didn't only matter what people said, it mattered how they said it. The machine learning models detected word frequency, speaking cadence, word choice, and other linguistic signals to identify potential lies. Second, the models could detect those signals of deceit even in text-based chats, without the presence of a human interviewer. Third, all but one model in the study detected lies more accurately among men than women, suggesting there was a gender bias. Because of such biases, not to mention the bias of human beings, it is important that interviews are conducted with checks and balances, including both people and machines. You can read more about this experiment on Rand.org. This week, the members of K-pop supergroup BTS announced plans to begin their mandatory service in South Korea's military. Rand's Bruce Bennett recently wrote about another way that BTS could help its country. Imagine if the U.S. and South Korea used drones or balloons to deliver 1 million USB drives loaded with K-pop music from BTS and other artists, as well as K-dramas and cultural information from the U.S. and Japan to the people of North Korea. What would be the effects of such an action? It's important to know that North Korean leader Kim Jong-un called K-pop a, quote, vicious cancer corrupting young North Koreans' attire, hairstyles, speeches, and behaviors. He sees such outside information as toxic. Why? Because it shows North Koreans that South Korea's democracy and market economy have produced a daily existence that's superior to their lives under Kim's dictatorship and rampant human rights violations. Given this, you can see how even the threat of delivering K-pop to the people of North Korea would be taken very seriously by Kim. It might even make him think twice before launching missiles, conducting nuclear weapon tests, or taking other provocative actions. This strategy would not have to stop at K-pop, Bennett points out. The U.S. could also threaten to enhance the budgets for Voice of America and Radio Free Asia if Kim launches more missiles. This could further amplify outside news and cultural information in North Korea. RAND is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision making through research and analysis. For more on today's episode, check the show notes at rand.org/podcast. We'll see you next week.